Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. to the Nichols Family Lawyers podcast. I'm Sally Nichols, Managing Partner at Nichols Family Lawyers. My guest today joining me for this podcast is Malcolm Campbell. Malcolm is an accredited specialist in wills and estates law and a principal lawyer at Nicholas O'Donoghue and Co. Malcolm has specialist expertise in wills, estate and succession planning to name just a few areas of expertise. Estate and succession planning has always been an important consideration for individuals. That is planning how to transition assets, including trust and business entities, to the next generation, and essentially helping individuals preserve their legacy. However, with the coronavirus pandemic, it has perhaps become even more important to plan for our futures in such an unprecedented time. In addition, social isolation has created unforeseen barriers, which may require some forward planning to overcome. On that point, we'll speak more about powers of attorney later in this podcast. So thank you, Malcolm, for joining me. Thank you, Sally, for having me. Well, perhaps you can begin by explaining to our listeners what estate and succession planning is. Well, um, it's very important, not only in uh, these different COVID-19 pandemic times, but generally all the time, you, every person should think about their estate and their succession plan in life and in business. Um, I know that inquiries have actually increased because people are nervous, uh, wanting to do a will or a power of attorney or think about things. And so, yes, um, uh, I've certainly been busy. Oh, I can imagine. And who would who should be thinking about updating their will and estate succession planning, particularly at this time? Um, every, every every person should be considering to update their wills and powers of attorney. They should be reviewed every couple of years. But even now, in these uh, different times with the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, you should be thinking about um, looking at your will and your powers of attorney. And also with general life events that happen, uh, marriage, divorce, births, deaths, and other things that happen in one's life, um, you should always be having bearing it in mind. So get a copy from your lawyer if you've got one, or if you don't have a lawyer and you've got a copy at home, check the copy at home. So get a copy of your will or your power of attorney from your lawyer and review it. Or if you don't have one with your lawyer, uh, then if you've got it at home, have a look at it at home. But, of course, if it's at home, it should be in a safe or somewhere secure. Otherwise, uh, deposit it with the bank or with a lawyer. And, and I was thinking, Malcolm, some of the really draconian 
stage three implications that we're experiencing here um, also include who should actually attend a funeral. Is that something that people do actually put in a will? Some people put a little bit of information about their funerals. Some who some put a lot of detail. I've had someone who said he wanted to be buried with his favourite football jumper and his ABBA CDs. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, others just just mention I want to be cremated or buried. Um, uh, but yes, with with the current circumstances, it's very difficult with funerals because you can only have a maximum of 10 people. And so it's very hard to decide who's on the guest list. But a lot of people are saying, well, we'll, we'll deal with a cremation or burial now, but we'll do a memorial later. Um, I was involved in one actually where I was hosting a memorial and then, of course, they changed the laws and so we had to cancel it because the venue got closed. Um, it was at a golf club and oh, that got closed. Um, it's function area. And so we've just we, we we've called it off, and we will just have to hold it later. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are planning to do that. They're, they're having to bury or cremate their loved ones now, and then have the memorial later. I, I believe you can get exemptions because in that situation, you want the wife and the eleven children to at least go. But so look, it's very upsetting for families in these times. But it's also interesting how we deal with signing documents because. I'm used to people coming into the office and we sign it and I make sure it's signed correctly in accordance with the laws of uh, the Wills Act or the Powers of Attorney Act. But now we're having to send them out to people with very clear instructions of how to sign. And I'm advising people the best thing to do is actually just go to the police station because um, one of the witnesses has to be, for powers of attorney at least, you have to have a qualified witness. But for wills, it can be just two, two independent people. And if you go to the police station, one of the witnesses has to be above the level of a sergeant. So you go to the police station and, and get it done there. And so you're not breaking any laws. You're going into the police station, a place of work for the police, and two witnesses could be there for you. I'm just reminding people, though, that um, everyone used the same pen. Although the law doesn't say that you have to use the same pen, I, I know that when documents get witnessed at the police station that every police man or woman pulls their pen out of their pocket and then puts it back after they've signed. And, of course, different coloured pens can give the impression that a document's not signed at the same time. So I'm being very... Uh, I'm reminding clients that um, make sure everyone uses the same pen. And so that's how we're handling it um, uh, because I did do one home visit for an elderly client just before they said you couldn't have crowds of two. Um, before then you could and so I did do a home visit and uh, took my husband with me as the second witness and we just witnessed this old lady's will um, and they lived locally so it was okay but it's not something I'm uh, doing otherwise we're just sending documents out and I'm I'm operating from home I have a full office in my bedroom actually which is where the wi-fi is strongest so I'm in the bedroom I've got a full desk I've got everything I need I've got stamps I've got my certification stamps I've got stapling, I've got sticky tape, I've got paper, <laughs> I've got envelopes, I've got express post envelopes, the lot. So I'm operating. Yeah. I know, it's quite funny. I feel like I'm on the castle doing everything and operating here from home. <laughs> the, the thing I'm running out of most, Sally, you'll find funny, is sign here stickers because you're putting them on every document when you're sending people out. So I went into the office, got every single bit of sign here stickers from the cupboards in our stationery cupboard. And when I run out, I'll just go to office works and get some more. But um, uh, 
Yes, we're still allowed to go to our office because our building's still open. But as a firm, we think it's appropriate that um, for staff and for clients, self and health and safety, that um, that we not be physically in the office. And also, um, I need to be able to access clients' wills and powers of attorney, the original ones, so I can make certified copies if if people are needing them. Because as people uh, do, they do need to access powers of attorney for um, using for their parents if their parents have lost capacity. So I still have that access and I can go in there and, and get the documents and certify them. So oh, of course. that's very important. And I actually had, I rang the Law Institute to find out what, what the uh, situation was there. But of course, if we went to stage four, which is lockdown, that means no one can leave their homes. And it would mean that for that sort of situation, that couldn't occur. And possibly we couldn't do any probates because you need an original will to be lodged at the Supreme Court for probate. And it might mean managing of estates, administration of estates would have to be on hold until lockdown was over. But I don't think we're going to go to lockdown. I think that the country and this state is managing things as they are. We may be in these circumstances for a bit longer because the state of emergency got extended till mid-May. So I'm imagining it's going to go to May and even longer, but I don't think it's going to go that next step to lockdown, not like Europe. Okay, well, talking about powers of attorney, for the benefits of our listeners, what is a power of attorney and in what circumstances might a power of attorney be necessary? Sure, Sally. Um, There are two types of powers of attorney. There's a financial and personal power of attorney And then there's a a medical one, which is called an appointment of medical treatment decision maker. Now, um, the medical treatment decision maker power of attorney is only used if you're unable to make your own medical decisions when you're in the hospital. So if you're conscious, you can talk to the doctor, you can sign your name, you can understand what they're talking about. Well, you make your own decisions. But if you're not able to, then you need to have a medical t- treatment decision maker. And so um, these documents, this document is important to have done whilst you have capacity. And uh, when you've lost capacity, then the doctor needs to confirm that you haven't got capacity and then um, this document can be used. And you can appoint one person and one spare. You cannot, cannot have more than one person who... You cannot have joint medical treatment decision makers. It's only one and a spare. So that's one type. The other type is the financial and personal power of attorney. And that's for everything else that you deal with, with your money, um, any contracts you've entered into. um, um, And it also deals with your personal affairs. So dealing with the fact if you've lost lost capacity, then someone who you appoint can be the one that signs you into aged care or something like that. So um, that one's quite a powerful document. And that one can be applicable from when it's signed up until when you die, or it can be applicable if only when you lose capacity. Um, Because sometimes people might want someone to be their power of attorney if they've gone on a six month round the world cruise or something. And so it can be applicable whilst you've got capacity but uh, in certain circumstances. And we all know that cruising at the moment is a thing that nobody wants. It's a big (laughs) no-no. Yes, yes, big no-no. So, um, uh, yeah, they're they're the two powers of attorney um, that are used these days. And, of course, they're enduring and so they're they're applicable whether you've got capacity or not. Well, the, the financial one is anyway. The medical one's only when you've lost capacity. There's also um, another type of power of attorney you can use 
which is for company directors who can uh, authorise other persons to give effect to their decisions uh, in relation to the operation of a company. They don't happen very often, but they are there. And you actually can give someone a specific power of attorney just relating to property sales and property purchases. So if you're going away and it's, it's documents have to be signed during the settlement process, then someone can do that for you as well. Mm -hmm. They're less and less used these days now because a lot of conveyancing is electronic through the PEXA platform. But there still are some very, a couple of paper transactions that are still done, but not many. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What, what do you think, I mean, for the elderly at the moment, I was talking to um, a colleague the other day and she was having to sit and socially isolate for her 90-year-old parents to talk about their affairs and powers mm. of attorney and she mm. sat five metres away from them in their garage with rugs around mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. about yeah. what, what their, what their um, concerns were and, and, and about powers of attorney. In terms, you talked about going and visiting um, some elderly people Elderly mm. people aren't really au fait with Zoom as we are or no. technology. So no. really at the moment, if, if people are listening and want to help their elderly parents, mm. what do you think the best um, recommendation you would have would be just to suggest that they actually put them on the phone to someone like yourself so you can talk them through these options yes. directly? That's probably yes. the best thing to do. It's the telephone. It's um, having a lot of teleconferences. And for people with OFA with technology, we're using Zoom. I had one the other day where um, I had a, um, a foreign language speaker and so we actually had an interpreter as well on the Zoom. Yes. Uh, but um, the interpreter's audio wasn't working, so my assistant rang the interpreter and had her on speaker phone through my assistant's Zoom and so we managed to complete the circle and get the translation done and um, these are the things we have to do these days and and the message got across and um the client who was a not a native english speaker um uh was able to give instructions and be explained terms um, yes, that's that's a really important point we've had some conferences with the um with interpreters and we've done that through teleconference too and so mm. so important for mm. the elderly people to be able to do that yeah. Um, are there any and are there any other key messages that you'd like to give to people before we conclude the podcast? I, I just reiterate the first message that people should review their documents and they should update them um, as necessary. And in these uncertain times, it's certainly a time that they should be reviewing their documents um, to yeah. keep them current. Because as we said, um, some people can't get out there and help people and. I find that, it, especially with parents, say, appointing children, the geographical closeness is often very important to consider. It's probably best to appoint a child that is living in Melbourne, if you live in Melbourne, rather than your other child that lives in Queensland, because, yeah. you know, they're at least going to be able to help you more when they're closer to you physically than when they're interstate. And especially with travel restrictions and borders being closed and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, just think about think about what you feel is best and, and happy to speak to anybody that um, has any queries about um, estate planning, wills and powers of attorney. Oh, that's, look, thank you so much, Malcolm. Incredibly informative um, as 
usual and um, you're very kind and empathetic to anybody we send to you. So thank you so much for participating. And I'm sure everyone would have got a lot out of this um, podcast. And if anyone could see you in there in your Hawaiian shirt, I think um, <laughs> my, my preference would be to Zoom you anytime. Um, <laughs> so um, again, thank you very much for joining us. And um, I'm sure there'll be some future podcasts that you participate in. We're actually looking at um, hopefully having um, a webinar on um, uh, looking at the elderly um, in particular and um, hopefully looking at the sensitive issue of elder abuse and how we can actually support the elderly at the moment, particularly in lockdown. So it'd be lovely to have you on that panel when we look at that um, issue um, later on um, um, in this series. So thank you very much for that, Malcolm. Uh, You're welcome, Sally. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.